Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and this is a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't, Brandon. How you doing? Doing good. Uh, The final weekend prior to the All-Star break. Uh, all 30 teams will be in action uh, on all three of these days. So the games we're talking about today, tomorrow, and Sunday, all the teams will be playing. And then they all get a very much needed four-day break. Some will be going to the Home Run Derby and All-Star Game. Others will be relaxing. But uh, speaking of the All-Star Game, there's a couple of players I would like to highlight that have been selected to the all-star game uh, as replacement players. First up in the American League, Joey Wendell, LJ's guy, has been selected to replace, uh, I believe, Carlos Correa, who will not be playing in the game as he was just put on the injured list, but also wasn't going to be playing in the game uh, if he was healthy. So, Joey Wendell in the game. For the National League, Freddie Peralta has made the All-Star game. Uh, He will replace his teammate, Brandon Woodruff, who is pitching um, on Sunday. And then the third one, which I had, and now I can't seem to find. Uh, Hold on, let me see here. I cannot find it for a minute. Hold on. Uh, but yeah, LJ, first thoughts on Joey Wendell and uh, Freddie Peralta getting in as I look for this last one. Um, yeah, well, first off, Joey Wendell, very excited about that. Again, I love guys making the all-star game that aren't identifiable all-stars before the year. Like, anytime a guy can move, make that next step up in his career – no matter how old he is, no matter how long he's been in the league, without people really being on notice for it, I'm all in on it. I mean, it's different with, say, Fernando Tatis Jr. making his first All-Star game and taking the 
jump up to the MVP caliber this year, we all saw that coming. We saw that potential growing up. But a guy like Joey Wendell, this is a guy who struggled to make a major league roster for his first couple stints up in the league around 2016-17, then gets over to Oakland, starts putting up really good numbers, and then all of a sudden has really come into his own this year, uh, just really overall playing great baseball for the Tampa Bay Rays. I wasn't 100% certain on him, certainly not certain enough to name him as the all-star the other day when we were going through those replacements. Frankly, I the only reason I wouldn't have mentioned him then is because there's so many infielders in Tampa. The vast majority of them are pretty darn good. So I was, I was thinking the odds wouldn't be too great that they would go there, especially if they look around his team and see other guys that might be a little more suited. But I'm all here for Joey Wendell. The thing I do have to ask, though, so Brandon Woodruff and Jacob deGrom, both out of this game for the same reason, having just pitched in the days before the All-Star game. So that begs the question, is this the fifth day cycle? Is this hitting correctly in the fifth day cycle for all of the, the opening day starters? Or uh, hypothetically? It's going to be close because it's going to be close. And why so is it I close? just found who the last guy is. Taiwan Walker will be hmm. replacing. Uh, he will be on the team as a replacement. Uh, it looks like for Jacob DeGrom. And then we're going to need one more replacement uh, as you Darvish is going to miss the all-star game <laughs> due to back tightness. So we're going to need another uh pitcher selected uh i'm assuming that's going to come out tomorrow but we also, uh, need, we also need another infielder selected in the american league for altuve we also need another catcher selected in the national league because buster posey just got put on the injured list so uh yeah there's quite a bit of change to be made but yeah lj we could right now i mean so is 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 Kevin Gosman good to pitch in the All-Star game? Have we heard that he's not good? I have not heard that he's not good. However, well, let's look at the probable up. starters. When is he pitching? That's what I'm trying to figure out here. He pitching uh, Descalfani is today, as in um, Saturday. So yeah, today's Saturday, right? Yeah. Sunday... Uh, Gosman is Sunday. So he's so he's out of the all-star game. I mean, unless he tries to say, like, okay, I'm just got, not gonna take this seriously at all. Because yeah, again, assuming assuming Jacob deGrom's routine is very similar to other guys, you're talking light light throwing or light bullpen work that day. So unless you really don't care about getting lit up for an inning. If you, if you don't care about that, you can certainly go ahead and do it. But if you do, there's really no point. If you have any if you have any pride, there's really no point in showing up. Yeah, it just again, we've complained a lot about the schedule this year, but it seems like that should should be something from at least from here on out that the league thinks about more. Like maybe let's not make the um Let's not make the all-star game that close to the sixth day in the in a baseball cycle or the first day in a baseball cycle, I should say. Well, LJ, I believe I did find who the starter will be. So this is assuming that they don't go with the Herman Marquez route that you uh, would like them to go. Uh, it looks like that Zach Wheeler is the best remaining starting pitcher uh, on this team that will, is not starting this weekend as he pitched yesterday, right? So uh, he will not pitch this weekend. So he could potentially start for the National League. Uh, Herman Marquez, Trevor Rogers uh, is throwing on Saturday. So he's probably good for an inning in the game, but 
I wouldn't imagine anything more than that. Brandon Woodruff, like I said, he's getting replaced by Freddie Peralta, but Freddie Peralta starting on Saturday. So I don't know how much he's right. going to be able to give in the game. It's I, I, just, I don't think Saturday. I don't think Saturday is that bi- as big a deal as Sunday would be. Well, if the game is on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, yeah, what's the game? If the game's on Tuesday, I and I'm a manager of a team, I'm not going to be happy to see my guy pitching when he just started on Saturday. All star game or not, I'm not. I would not want to see that. Like it's four nights. That's four nights. Two rest. days of rest. Wait, you Saturday to two. If you're pitching Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday. Or, all right, so yeah, three days of rest. Three, three it's nights, for, two days. Yeah, three nights. Three nights. Nights is really, really what they go by on most levels. So, all right, got yeah, three nights. Fine for an inning, then. I'm yeah, you've got, inning. you've got three nights of rest, and none of these guys are going to be throwing more than twenty-five pitches. So yeah. on on day on day three, your odds are you're going to be uh, doing some form of bullpen work. Like uh, that's right in the mid mid of starts. So yeah, I don't think it's as big a deal for them. But yeah, I mean the only person who's really going to be able to give a lot of time out of these guys on Saturday or Sunday will probably be Garrett Cole because I mean he's only going to be able to throw like thirty pitches before he gets pulled, right? Uh. I mean, we'll have to see. The three hundred million dollar man, sensational the, spider tech. The one guy that I was surprised to see left off this list, and I'm gonna assume that he will be the replacement for you, Darvish, is Walker Bueller, who has been very good this year. And to see them put in Taiwan Walker over him, certainly Taiwan Walker should be an all star, I think, but it's to the point where Walker Bueller, I mean, he has a better ERA than than Taiwan Walker, just barely. And he's just been really good this year. I think that he uh, needs to be in consideration for that next replacement. But it, the starting pitching is very, very loaded in the National League. That's for sure. But, yeah, as for an American League starter, I mean uh, – Garrett Cole is pitching Saturday, depending on how we still feel about that. Shane Bieber uh, for the Indians. Let's see. Is he pitching on Sunday? He's not pitching Saturday. And Shane Bieber is on Sunday. Why can't I find their game? He is not pitching. Okay, so Shane, Shane Bieber not pitching this weekend could potentially be a starter for the American League. So we could see Shane Bieber versus Zach Wheeler. I I would be fine with that. I'd be fine with Bieber or Lance uh, Lance Lynn. Yeah. I'll Kyle Gibson. I mean, I just, again, this isn't me trying to uh, take shots at the Yankees like I just did here. However, you, you can't you can't put Garrett, justify Garrett Cole right now. If he pitches good tomorrow starter. or – I mean, if if he pitches good today, absolutely you can. Absolutely, yes, you can. Ooh, that that is a. He still has one of the best ERAs in the league, and even past ERA, you can really look at any stat. Yes, since since the crackdown has happened, it's been very bad. But overall, on the season, it it's, it really hasn't affected his stats that bad. I mean, well, no, because where was where was he a month ago? I swear he was low twos. Yeah, like I mean, yes, his last two starts have been very bad. The one against Boston, where he got hammered in the first inning, uh, and then the one against the Mets, where he didn't make it through. Uh, he only made it through three and a third. Those two were bad, but the starts prior to that against Kansas City, against Toronto, against the Twins, were all solid. I mean, he still has a sub-one uh, whip, so he's still pitched fine. Actually, you know, there's still people who would give him the Cy Young right now in the American League. I don't think that, you know, I'll be – if he 
does not pitch well today. I will not be very happy, but I mean, worst case scenario, his ERA is a, is a tad over three. And that's if you really get shelled, I think he's going to pitch good. Uh, we'll get into the recaps in a minute, but with the way the Yankees pitched today, I have a lot of confidence for tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I just, I think my point with this is I could justify it. I'm again, it's not something about me talking about the spider tack. However, if, if I was looking at spider tacks current form without thinking about spider tacks, use of substance or not i don't think i can justify it i can justify it much more if he's at say i'm just going to guess where he might have been two three five era um just throwing something out there like that two three five that's much closer to the rest of the leaders but you currently have three all-stars ahead of him in era by a very good margin but this should be lancelin yeah, I mean, if you want to give it to Lance Lynn, that's fine. I mean, certainly the starter of the game, yeah, it means something. But, I mean, in 2019, we saw Masahiro Tanaka start for the American League. Uh, he Was he the best pitcher in the AL up until that point? Probably not, but it's just the way it worked out where he ended up getting the start. I mean, that's just – Well, that's, that's also part because of uh, the politics of having the – manager choose the starter Aaron Boone wasn't the manager no 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 I know but like that just that's not what I meant I mean oh like if there's a guy that you kind of do get that kind of favorites thing like wasn't there something that the uh they were talking about a replacement or the DH yeah that was at the DH and the NL oh uh, yeah it's gonna be next month yeah yeah Dave Roberts had are uh, reportedly already decided on it being Max Muncy, like stuff like that happens. And I'm sure you get that same type of thing with guys that even aren't, aren't even on a manager's team. So it should be Max Muncy though. Now that Kyle Schwarber's on the IL, yeah. like had it, had Kyle Schwarber been healthy, I would have been a, a bit more mad at that one. Kind of like how you were. Yeah. Again, but like, but still, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real factor in this again, it's an all-star game. It really doesn't matter that much. Hmm towards players' careers. However, um, I got – I'm kind of losing my mind here. Did we talk about somebody – is somebody going to be uh, taken off this starting pitching for the AL? Uh, yeah, I don't know exactly. So, it, from what I can see on Sunday, I don't see any all-stars starting except for Brandon Woodruff, which is already accounted for. Kevin Gosman is pitching Sunday, like we said. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. If you served in the Vietnam, Gulf War, or post-9-11 eras, you may be eligible for expanded VA benefits. A new law known as the PACT Act provides disability compensation, health care, free toxic exposure screenings, and more to veterans who are exposed to toxins during their military service. You can submit a claim for your PACT Act-related benefits now. Claims received by August 10, 2023 may be paid back to August 10, 2022. Visit va.gov PACT to learn more and file your claim yeah uh no one else no other all-stars are pitching so i don't think that any american league starter is gonna have to get pulled yeah it doesn't look like it that's that's kind of unfortunate because i think i'm gonna i'm not i'm gonna i haven't really looked at it enough to tell if i could make the case or not but i feel like you could make a halfway decent case to put Casey Mize on this list. 359, 1.143 whip. Um, all of these numbers look so strong. I'm just trying to see if Gregory Soto was the uh, 
truly the better choice here. Shawmanaya over him. I would much really? rather have Shawmanaya, yeah. Shawmanaya has been really good this year. So uh he walks guys oh. at a higher rate than uh than a Casey Mize, but I think Shawmanaya has been been pretty good. Uh also you could look at his teammate Chris Bassett too. Uh, I think he's he's up there. Uh yeah, yeah but again, see, that's the thing. There's there's always gonna be snubs no matter which way you look at it, because even if they were to make the roster sizes bigger we'd still be talking about the guys that just missed out anyway so it's well yeah because there's at at specific positions it's trying to figure out the best way where this it's much wider at the deeper at the top Mm. like some some of them it's a pretty straight pyramid there's others that are it's it's like a figure eight or a uh inverted pyramid Starting pitching often seems like it's either really a lot of really good guys or a lot of really bad guys, which leads to these types of conversations where there's a lot of guys at the mid end of the bottom end of this list that we're jockeying for position. The only thing I could say is again, the for a very similar reason why Walker Bueller has to be the next guy on this list. Markets. I hate to say it, but I mean, Casey Mize, Casey Mize is kind of the shiny new toy um, of top prospects in the league right now. I think if the league was choosing this, it probably ends up being Mize over somebody from Oakland. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But let's run through these games. Uh, we'll start off with the Yankees and the Astros uh, and there's really not a lot going on in this game. The Yankees collect 12 hits to the Astros three top four Brett Gardner with a two RBI double. Uh, and that makes it two nothing Yankees in the seventh DJ LeMahieu with his own two RBI double. The Yankees go on to win four zero. The big story in this one, nasty Nestor Cortez jr. Gets the start for the Yankees four and two thirds innings. Two hits, no runs, two strikeouts. LJ, the season ERA for Nasty Nestor, 1.05, okay? And in terms of pitchers who have thrown at least 20 innings this year, he is uh, number five in the MLB. So every pitcher who has thrown 20 innings, Nastor Nesty Cortez has the fifth best ERA. She- <laughs> uh, just I mean, incredible. I'm not sure what else to say about this guy. He just he, he goes out and dominates. He actually has been dominating though. Like I know you're saying it as a joke, but he's actually dominating. Which no, is, I know that's what makes crazy. it even funnier. Which which is crazy because his pitching style is just like. He pitches weird, has all these weird windups and everything because he's come out and said it. He's like, look, I know my stuff is not like very good. Like, I know that's why I'm I'm a fringe MLB player. He's like, if I can just do some weird stuff out there on the mound, just like, I don't know, drop down and throw its sidearm like every 20 pitches or just whatever kind of antics he pulls out there, it, it works. And he needs to like be in consideration for this fifth starter spot now on the Yankees. Like I'm being serious. I oh. mean, he I thought you meant the all-star game. No, no, no. Oh, oh I wish. I wish oh. next year after he, <laughs> after he becomes our fifth starter and, 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 and pitches to like a 1.8 ERA for the rest of the year. And then next year he's like our number four starter. And he can make the all-star game then. So, But the loss goes to Jake Odorizzi, six innings, two earned, four Ks. He did pitch very well tonight. Uh, just no run support from Houston. It's tough to run into a juggernaut pitcher like Nasty Nestor Cortez. Uh, but he, he doesn't actually get the win because he only goes four and two-thirds. The win goes to Lucas Lickie. 
Uh, and yeah, Johnny Lasagna closing it out. Yankees with a much needed win. Uh, yeah, it would be very nice if they swept this series. Uh, that's all I'll say. I'm still not, I'm still on the fence as to uh, how much we should sell. And I'm scared that we're going to win too much and then we're going to start to buy pieces at the deadline. And that would just really not make me happy. So I, I would rather us either do absolutely nothing than waste prospects to go and get someone. Uh, that's that's where I'm at right now. I think it's either we have to figure it out with this roster or just just look, throw in the towel for the year. Brandon, let's be real here. We all know that Aaron Judge will be the career left fielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, if they if they can somehow fit in another outfielder on that roster, I swear they have literally a million outfielders on the roster at one time. They have AJ Pollock, Bats Ballinger, Chris Taylor. Uh, then earlier in the year, they had all those other guys called up due to injury. I mean, they just carry a million outfielders who were all like, I mean, AJ Pollock is like their fourth best outfielder. And he was an all-star like multiple times. It's, oh, it's I it's, mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Again, from so, that, at, at that point, what's one more, right? Uh, yeah. Sure. On a serious note, how would you feel about them moving judge? If we, tri- I mean, it's the, it's, if, if we're going to do a rebuild, it's absolutely the right thing to do. I don't think a lot of Yankee fans can swallow that pill, but. I mean, the Red Sox did it, and look where they are. Yeah, it's it absolutely sucked. And yes, like you could, I'm sure LJ, there's still points where you wish you had a bets on your team. I'm sure him hoisting the World Series trophy wasn't the best feeling for you. But I mean, Alex Verdugo wasn't even like the main. Like yes, he was a big part of the trade, but you guys got way more than that, right? Like you guys got a bunch of nice prospects and everything out of it where if you were to move Aaron judge, like you're getting a King's ransom for that guy. And some team, like if, if the Yankees either don't like, it, it's either has to be like a lifetime extension or a trade. And at this point, the, 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 the trade just seems way better. I mean, Look, trade is the way to go. Lifetime extension. I don't want that. I think that's what people want. I, I, I would have trouble to see extending him like more than like, I don't know what like DJ's contract is, which is six years. So five years after this. I mean, a trade would make the most sense if the Yankees want to go full, full rebuild. I mean, you can just get so much every team would be in the hunt for him. I mean, I'm sure that's how it was with bets. And then you can just wait for your best offer. I mean, the Yankees, you're, you have complete control, all the leverage in the world. If you're going to, if you're going to uh, blow it up, uh, that makes complete sense to me. And it, it sucks as a fan to admit that, but it, it, it would make sense. It, yeah. It's a hard pill to swallow, but it just makes so much sense or at least more sense than like that you, you think of when you look quickly at the numbers to move on from guys in that situation um this actually will go this whole idea will go back to the off season of 2013-14 Brandon trigger warning regarding Joe Jacoby Ellsbury i forget <laughs> i forget who said this but it was a Red Sox person. I mean, he was one of their best players at the time. Also, um, I feel it should be mentioned uh, that Dustin Pedroia led a World Series champion team in war during a season where he played the entire thing with a torn thumb. Okay. Um, just just wanted just wanted to remind us all of that because I thought about it earlier and it just makes me smile. But anyway, no. Uh, front off, a couple front office members from the team. We're talking about why you just let a guy like that walk. And their logic was, why would we keep him? Why would we spend 
all of this money on a guy when we know darn well we're going into a rebuild. The team's going to suck. We're not going to be competitive for, for the next couple of years. Why would we spend all of that money, make that investment, and have the first the, – the good years of a guy's contract be wasted on a bad team? Like, you forget – the majority of these big contracts do not pay out in the last pay off in the last two to three years, even if it's like a six year deal. If the bulk of the quality time comes in those first three, maybe four seasons. So if you're the Yankees and you're about to go in a re- into a rebuild mode, why would you extend him and waste his years 29? What is he 28 right now? Uh, this is. His age 29 season. All right, so why waste his age 30, 31, 32 years, the last years of his athletic prime in a rebuild when you could get some you could get more depth? Again, I really do stand by the Mookie Betts trade for that same reason. This is a team that desperately needed to offload money and they needed to get younger. Get younger, get more depth in order to make a real run at it. And what they got back was fantastic. You get back a sub all-star right fielder. Granted, he's not he's not the same, he's not the same player that Mookie Betts is, but he is a good definitely a good replacement who is willing to make that name for himself as the heir to Mookie Betts' right field position. You then get the guy that becomes your top prospect in your organization and your top catching prospect in that deal as well. Like you can't complain with that. So overall, the Red Sox did not think that they were going to be in that this position they are in right now. I didn't think they were going to be in this position where they are now, where they're a contender a year after they trade him. However, however if they were a contender two years from now, a year from now, it's clearly the right move because you would be having Mookie Betts sitting here at $37 million a year and collecting dust on mediocre teams for a couple of years. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right. Um, also, one more thing to acknowledge before we move on to the, I believe it's the Cubs game next. Um, can we talk about how the only two times the Yankees or the Red Sox have beat Houston in Houston this year has been off of a nasty nest or Cortez shutout gem? And a beautiful seven and two thirds outing, no, eight and two thirds outing from Martin Perez, or no, 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 seven two thirds. Either way, seven and two thirds of shutout ball from Martin Perez. Like that's kind of what it's taking for decent or good teams to beat these guys right now. Uh, I mean, if that's the winning formula, let's. I mean, I'm I'm completely fine with it. I got the Cubs and Cardinals game next. Uh, the Cubs take a 3-0 lead in the first on a Jock Peterson three-run double. Cardinals get two back in the top of the fourth on Tyler O'Neill and Yachty Molina RBI singles. The Cubs then uh, score in the fourth, take a 4-2 lead on Ian Happ single, and then score five in the bottom of the seventh on a J. Uh, excuse me, a Chris Bryant double that scores three runs and then a Patrick Wisdom home run. Already his 12th on the season. That's a two-run bomb, makes it 9-2. The Cubs go on to win uh, 10-5. Paul DeYoung homers late for the Cardinals. Uh, Cubs win 10-5. The win to Kyle Hendricks, six innings, two earned runs, uh, and 1K. He's now 11-4 tied for the league lead in wins with Julio Arias. Wade LeBlanc takes the loss. Three innings, three earned. He's now 0-2 on the year. Next, we have the White Sox and the Orioles, the first of a couple of games to follow a very common trend tonight where one team, in this case Baltimore, with Ramon Urias hitting a solo home run in the bottom of the second, gets up early and then the other one usually a very talented team just beats the other one into a pulp from there the Chicago White Sox get RBIs off of a Brian Goodwin double 
a Jose Abreu single, a big rally in the sixth and seventh, including a Tim Anderson double, Brian Goodwin walk, and an Adam Engel sack fly in that seventh inning. Gavin Sheets goes yard, and then Jose Abreu doubles. This all sets up an Adam Engel home run, his fourth of the year, as Chicago embarrasses Baltimore after that second inning, winning this, coming back to win this one 12 to 1. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The win will go to Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel's got seven innings, seven hits, one earned, and three strikeouts. The loss goes to Jorge Lopez, four innings, eight hits, two earned, four strikeouts. All right, on to the Mets and the Pirates. Pittsburgh gets on the board in the top of the second after Michael Perez gets hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. Bad, bad team gets up early. Bad team gets up early, yes. Uh, then the Mets would take over. Jonathan VR homers, and Brandon Nimmo RBI double. It's 2-1 to one, uh, after three innings. The Mets lead. Adam Frazier ties it up in the fifth with an RBI single, and it's 2-2. Two to two. But then the Mets drop a 10-bomb in the sixth inning. They score 10 runs. Thanks to a Dom Smith single, a Pete Alonzo three-run home run. Jose Peraza gets hit by a pitch with the bases loaded. Brandon Nimmo walks with the bases loaded. Then Francisco Lindor hits a grand slam, his first grand slam since 2018. The Mets take a 12-2 lead. They go on to win this one 13-4, give the win to Aaron Loop. Taiwan Walker, five innings, two earned, two strikeouts. The loss to JT Brubaker, five innings, six hits, six earned, and seven strikeouts. Let's just make sure that this isn't taken out of the context that I'm sure it was intended because there is so much Francisco Lindor slander these days. First off, I mean, he's kind of uh, looks like an idiot with that hair, but. that's not really having anything kind of look like an idiot. It's not like it's not kind of, it's yeah. just like that's the worst. Like, well, the hair is, is the hair is the piece of resistance. But seriously, though, you don't dye your hair green when you know you're going to be wearing blue and orange and then expect to not look like a clown. He but had no. his hair blue when he was on the Indians. Like, that's like that would have been nice to have now. No, yeah. You got you got to go with the full clown aesthetic. It's it's all you it's all we want these days, but no, I mean don't get me wrong. The numbers certainly have dropped off. Two twenty batting average is not what you signed that big contract for. It's not the great player that he'd always looked like before this. And the overall, the power has consistently been dropping over the past three years. But let's not let that fool you because just the way that immediate my immediate. Uh, knee-jerk reaction to hearing first Grand Slam since 2018. Let's not take that as like, oh, this guy sucks. Look at this. He's not even hitting Grand Slams. I feel like people forget how hard it is to hit a Grand Slam. Oh, no. I was just... I, 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 I just saw that, but... Oh, no, no. I, I, I know you weren't. However, I guarantee where you... Did you see it on Twitter? Uh, it was on, like, the ESPN bottom line there. Uh, but either yeah, way, again, still, ESPN yeah. worst driving narratives. Um, there's a reason they're putting that type of stat up there. First Grand Slams in 2018. They're trying. Oh, everybody's trying to drive this interesting narrative that Francisco Lindor has fallen off a cliff. When that doesn't show that at all. I mean, there's plenty of other things that show it. Just not that. Not only do you have to get up to bat with the bases loaded but then you have to actually hit a home run. The odds of a hitting a home run 
I'm not sure exactly what it is, but most guys, I mean, you think the best hitters are probably what once every four games. Yeah. The best hitters, uh, like, I mean, here's a, here's a baseline comparison. Barry Bonds at the height of his career was hitting home runs in about, uh, seven to 10% of his at bats during those seasons. Okay. You look at like someone like Aaron judge who, has hit homers at a pretty uh, good rate, about 6.4%. The MLB average is 3.3%. All right, so let's just go with a nice round number here that would go for most general stars. I'd say 5%. Would you say games or at-bats? I would say 5% of plate appearances. Okay, so if you're going – all right, so by that logic, all right, so you've got 5% and you're getting four a game, the odds of you doing getting that are extremely low to begin with, hitting a home run. And then you add the situation. There are there aren't aren't always bases loaded. Not every not every team goes station to station every single time. If you're the fourth guy to get a hit, there's very limited uh, chances that somebody didn't go second home at some point across the line or first to third and then score somewhere like there's so many there's so many ways for you not to get in put in that situation let alone actually coming through yeah uh i agree it is it is very tough to hit grand slams and when you see guys do it like multiple times in a season it's certainly very impressive it's yeah i mean it's it's something as a as a player i'm sure you appreciate it because again, you're probably never going to get that lucky again. Lindor has fallen off, just not for those reasons. I'm going to run a quick audible here and change it up to continue on this trend because we have another one of these games with that same trend going on in the top of the first. JT Real Muto hits an RBI double, makes it a one nothing Philly lead, and it all pretty much went downhill from there. Kike Hernandez hit his fifth leadoff home run of the season, 11th total, to tie the game in the bottom of the first. And then Hunter Renfro drives in a second run. Alec Bohm does, does put them back up in the top of the second. But from there, J.D. Martinez and Rafi Devers both go yards to put the Red Sox up three. The Red Sox continue to pour it on here until they get out to an 11-3 lead in the middle innings. Matt Andres then takes over, gives up two earned runs after Yaxel Rios pitched the sixth, and that will end up being your final. The Red Sox win this one in dominant fashion, 11-5. Give the win to Garrett Richards, five innings, seven hits, three earned, and four strikeouts. The loss will be given to Vince Velasquez, only gets through two and a third of an inning, allowing six hits, eight earned runs, four walks, and two strikeouts. The Braves and the Marlins, uh, they meet up once again, and Freddie Freeman wastes no time getting Atlanta on the board with his 18th homer of the year. It's one nothing Braves after one. Uh, we jump all the way to the top of the seventh, where it's still a one nothing game in Ozzie Albies. Uh, with an RBI double to make it two nothing, Austin Riley triples to make it three nothing, uh, and then the Braves pull away as Orlando Arcia with an RBI double in the eighth, Dansby Swanson with an RBI single in the ninth. Atlanta wins five zero. Also a story in this one: Ronald Acuna Jr. hit by another pitch. Uh, certainly was unintentional. It was just a breaking ball that uh, slipped out of pitcher's hand still the seventh time he's been hit by the Marlins in his young career. Once again, this is only his fourth season. So about two times per year, he's been hit by Miami, which is, it's interesting. Uh, Um, Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to hope. I think this uh, hall of fame ceremony couldn't come soon enough. I mean, once hit by pitch gate comes out, you may see Derek Jeter get banned from the league for bullying 
Ronald Acuna for the past three years. <laughs> well, the win in this one went to Charlie Morton, who was dominant. Seven innings, two hits, seven Ks, and two walks. That's scoreless ball. Uh, the loss to Anthony Bass, he was the opener for Miami. Uh, one inning, one run allowed. Right. Next up, we have the Rays and the Blue Jays. Here we see the Blue Jays score one run, the first run of the game in the top of the third with a George Springer single. This makes it a one nothing Toronto game. From there, the Tampa Bay Rays score seven unanswered, including a two RBI double by Taylor Walls. They win this one seven to one. The win will be given to Andrew Kittridge, two innings of relief of Shane McClanahan. The loss will go to Alec Manoa, three and two thirds, three hits, uh, three runs, only two earned with nine strikeouts. On to the Reds and the Brewers. Very low scoring this one. Top four, Tucker Barnhart with an RBI double. That makes it one nothing Cincy. Top seven, Jesse Winker with his own RBI double. It's 2-0 Reds. The Brewers' offense struggles continue. Uh, it's been a season-long trend with them. They get shut out. The Reds win 2 to nothing. Wade Miley, eight innings of shutout ball. Uh, he gets the win for Cincinnati. The loss to Eric Lauer, six innings, one earned run uh, for him. And the save to Heath Hembry, his fifth on the year. Um, kind of pulling this out of nowhere. Let me actually check the statistics really quick. Yeah, I think I could make this case. Wade Miley. Uh, All stars. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, like it's six and six and four. There's three point eight WAR. 306 ERA. There's a couple guys I think I'd rather see in over him. Like, I'd rather see Walker Bueller in over him. No hitter. He did throw a no hitter, yes. But I still, I think I'd rather see Walker Bueller in over him because you figure that the no hitter does play a lot into the 2.8 ERA on the year now after eight scoreless tonight. I mean... 2.8 is really good, but look, I mean, yeah, sure. If you want to give him an all-star game nod, you can you can go ahead. I'd certainly say that he's had an all-star caliber season. It's just the NL is so deep with with uh, with pitching talent, especially starters this year. It's it's tough to find uh exactly who should make it. Oh yeah, I agree. And again, I'm trying to figure out why that popped in my head so quickly. Yeah, he's currently uh, fifth in war in the NL. I mean, the, the stats are all there. It just, again, comes down to partially eye test. Who do you really want to see there more? Yeah. Uh, all right. Who do we have next? I lost my spot. Uh, Reds, Brewers, Royals, Indians, correct? Yep. All right. Well, this game will be a pretty brief one as we only get nine combined hits in this game. Bradley Zimmer hits an RBI single in the bottom of the second to put Cleveland up early, 1-0. Jorge Soler ties this thing in the top of the eighth. This score will hold until the bottom of the ninth where Bobby Bradley unloads his 10th home run of the year. This one walks it off 2-1 to one in favor of Cleveland. Give the win to James Karinschak his sixth of the year, pitching that final inning. Tristan McKenzie got the start, seven innings, one hit, shutout ball with nine strikeouts. The loss will go to uh, Brents of Kansas City, pitching that final third of an inning. Brad Keller pitched the first seven and two-thirds for the team, giving up four hits, one earned, four walks, and nine strikeouts. This is back-to-back nights with the win for James Karinczak. And back-to-back nights with walk-offs for the uh, Indians. So, very nice indeed. Still not the comeback kings of baseball. Just saying. Well, the Giants and Nationals played once again, and there was certainly 
more than 10 combined hits or whatever you said in the last game uh, in this one. As gets started off, Darren Ruff singles in the first, Kirk Casale homers in the second. It's a three to nothing Giants lead. The Nationals tie that up, though, in the fourth as they get two runs from a Tress Barrera triple and then a Gerardo Parra double brings home the third run. We're tied at three. Bottom five, Darren Ruff goes deep to break the tie and the Giants lead four to five. And then in the seventh, Wilmer Flores with a homer of his own to extend the lead to five to three. The Giants hold on and win by that score. The win to Harlan Garcia, one of seven relievers used by the Giants tonight. Uh, he just pitched a clean inning in the fifth. The loss goes to Sam Clay, who I believe gets the loss for the second night in a row. Uh, one and a third, one hit, one earned run for him uh, in relief of Paulo Espino. Three and two thirds, three earned uh, for him. And Jake McGee picks up his 18th save on the season. All right. Next up, we have the Twins and the Tigers. Bottom of sixth, the Twins are able to score four. First off of a Trevor Larnick RBI single, then a sack fly by Nelson Cruz. And then a Max Kepler triple makes this, of course, that 4 nothing ball game. Robbie Grossman rips a disgusting home run, his 12th of the year, to make this 4-2. And the Tigers fall to the Twins at that score, 4-2. Give the win to Alcala. He came in relief of Kent Maeda, who went five innings, two hits, no earned, and seven strikeouts. Matt Manning got the start for Detroit. He went five innings, allowing two hits, two earned, three walks, and three strikeouts. Hansel Robles gets the start, the save, his ninth of the year. The D-backs and the Dodgers. Uh, A.J. Pollock homers in the bottom of the third to give the Dodgers a one nothing lead. Uh, but then all-star Eduardo Escobar, 20th homer of the year uh, gives the Diamondbacks a two to one lead in the top of the fifth top seven David Peralta with an RBI single to make it three to one Arizona Mookie Betts with an RBI ground out uh, pulls the Dodgers within one but in the ninth the Dodgers bring on uh, Edwin Uceda to try to hold the Diamondbacks to uh, to that one-run lead. He walks three batters, including two runners in to score, and the Diamondbacks win 5-2. to two. They get a road win against the Dodgers. Uh, the win goes to Brett DeGeis out of the bullpen for Arizona behind a Taylor Widener, four and a third, one earned run start. The loss goes to Darian Nunez, uh, one of the many nobodies out of the Dodgers bullpen tonight uh, behind a David Price three innings of scoreless ball start and Joaquin Soria with his third save on the year. All right, next up we have the Rangers and the A's. The A's scored the first two runs of this game with a Sean Murphy RBI and a Jet Lowry RBI single. The bottom of the sixth then sees Andy Abanez cut the deficit to one for Texas, and then a two-RBI single for Adolis Garcia. This makes it a 3-2 game, which will be your final as the Rangers beat the Oakland Athletics. Give the win to Trey Lyles, his fifth win of the year. He went six innings, allowing seven hits, two earned, and three strikeouts. The loss will be given to Cole Irvin, his eighth of the year he went five innings allowing three hits and three earned with five strikeouts the save goes to ian kennedy as he notches his 15th of the year all right two games left first the padres and the rockies uh this gets started in the first elias diaz with a bases loaded walk and it's one nothing colorado top four pitchers who rake 
Kyle Freeland with an RBI double uh, helps his own cause and gives the Rockies a 2-0 lead. In the bottom of the fourth, Trent Grisham uh, singles to put San Diego on the board. He then ties the game in the sixth by uh, grounding out, which scores a run. And then his teammate, Will Myers, takes the lead on an RBI double. Uh, so it's 3-2 to two Padres after six. In the seventh, Manny Machado with an RBI single to make it 4-2 to Padres. They hold on and win by that score. Give the win to Miguel Diaz out of the bullpen, two and two-thirds of scoreless ball. The loss to Kyle Freeland, five innings, three earned, three Ks. And the save to Mark Melanson extends his league-leading lead to 27. All right, next up we've got the Mariners and the Angels to round out tonight. The Angels score three runs, getting each, getting one run in each of the first three innings. First off of a David Fletcher home run, then a Juan Lagares double in the second, and then finally a Shohei Otani solo homer when the lineup came back around in the third. But after that, it was all Seattle. Shed Long hits an RBI double, Ty France with an RBI single, and then that brings us to a tie ball game in the bottom of the eighth with the bases loaded, 2-0 count for Mitch Haniger, and he crushes this ball to left center field. It'll be a grand slam, his 20th home run of the year, as Seattle beats the Angels 7-3. Give the win to Drew Steckenrider out of the bullpen. Marco Gonzalez gets the start here. He went five and two-thirds, allowing seven hits and three earned runs. The loss will go to Mike Mayers, two-thirds of an inning, one hit, two earned. Alex Cobb got this start, going five and a third, allowing four four hits, two runs, none earned with five strikeouts. All right. Well, I think uh, we're going to do small talk smackdown. Once again, uh, LJ, I'll have you know, I did go back in time how long your uh, one was. So you really have that little life? No, but we know it was we were talking about on the show and we said, okay. And I said, all right, well, I'll time it because I thought that you had gone a bit over uh, a minute. So for for a reference. Mine that you timed was one minute and five seconds. And you said on the episode, quote, I don't think mine was much longer than that. I timed it. It was one minute and 45 seconds. So, you know. Well, first off, mine was a much bigger building than yours. No, yeah, no, that's 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 what I was going to say is that you were going from the basement to like the 80th or 90th floor in this skyscraper you, you you were really this this guy in you just both happened to be going to the top floor that's what happened i was in a much yeah. smaller building i had to condense mine a little bit too much to my uh cincinnati reds fan that day but you are in a much bigger building i will i will give you that one yeah, hope. Let's just hope that the uh, elevator doesn't break down one of these days. <laughs> well, LJ, do you have the wheel available? I do have the wheel available. I have it right here. Right. Are we ready? Yeah. Uh, While I spin, why don't you explain? Sure. Who's going first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. Uh, LJ is spinning the wheel of all 30 MLB teams. Whichever team pops up has to act like he's going to have a conversation with someone in an elevator who's a fan of that team. LJ, who is it? It will be the Oakland Athletics. All right. You are on the clock. Uh, Feel free to go ahead. All right. Well, I have two things to discuss here, generally pertaining to the same part of being the Oakland A's. And I have to ask the overall thoughts of this guy reading the room kind of about what's going on with this whole relocation thing because since we got the first whiffs of it we have heard absolutely nothing which granted there's only so much that can be done with commercial 
type stuff like this and having to move a team. But as on the whole, you would have thought we'd hear, hear a little bit more if anything was actually moving forward with them even, even staying in Oakland at this point. The other thing that I think we should be exploring, he may have a very different opinion on, which I'd love to hear, is whether we're keeping the name Athletics. If they move to Los Angeles, uh, Las Vegas, we do not need another team in Los Angeles. Do not take that like that. If, if they move to Las Vegas, do they become the Las Vegas Athletics or do they get a real name? Because I'm on the fence about whether I want it or not. It's a very boring name. Like the Athletics is such a stupid name compared to the rest of the spans of baseball names of North American sports team names. It doesn't fit. However, internationally it's so normal like every single half the soccer clubs out there are athletic athletics athletic club uh football club is right in the name that they use all the time so this is kind of our nod to that so i would love to hear a native oaklanders feelings on that but overall i mean it's just it's going to be a waiting game for all of them and I, i i really hope that this type of stuff doesn't end up detracting from their season all right how long was that one minute and 50 seconds one minute 50 seconds that was about as condensed of content as i would ever like to do i'm gonna stick with my big buildings all right uh who is yours who is my team who am i getting put on the spot Any, any comments on my stuff first yeah, uh, I mean, me and you both said that we we had both agreed that we didn't think that the relocation talks were really going anywhere because they haven't gone anywhere for the past how many years? I mean, since since me and you were in were actually in like elementary school. I mean, they've been talking about this. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think they're going anywhere. They're gonna stay put right there in Oakland. They're still going to complain about being a small market, yet they have a large market team that plays across the street from them. And it's just going to be this continuous cycle of terrible ownership that refuses to put any sort of money into the team. And that's why they are Oakland. Yeah, I mean, I just think the media does have this tendency at times to – start slipping stories or looking into stories when those stories become convenient and this Oakland team I feel has played a lot better than the Oakland teams of years past that have made the playoffs like it feels like you have more consistent offensive pieces that are playing well now like Mark Canna Ramon Laureano is starting to really get experienced so this is a team that actually could make a little bit of noise past just a wild card game and if they were looking really hot in September and all of a sudden people started getting whisperings about that, I would just hate to see their year get spoiled like that. Can I just make one point really quick? They have a payroll of $86 million, which went down by $15 million from last year. They let Marcus Simeon walk for $18 million. They could really use him instead of Elvis Andrews right now. Yeah. Yes, I get that trade, but you let your payroll go down by 15 million and you let one of your franchise guys who literally finished third in the MVP a couple of years ago, you let him walk on a one year deal and then you trade for Elvis Andrews, who is now your largest contract by far. Just makes absolutely no sense. Some of the moves there. Uh, But LJ, what team did I get? The Baltimore Orioles. Okay. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, well, they did not have a good night tonight. Uh, I can say that. Uh, but, look, this is a team that has continued to just build off of uh, the start that they had. Sure, they're not great, and they're going to be competing for one of the top draft picks in the league as they're going to have one of the worst records. But Cedric Mullins is obviously the story here. Uh Look, probably going to be starting in the all-star game and has just been so good offensively. He has potential to be 
uh, a 20 home run, 20 stolen base guy. He's already pretty close to doing that. And then I like to look at guys like Trey Mancini, who uh, has really been good. Yes, he comes back from cancer, and that's the big storyline with him this year. But he has been outstanding, uh, and it's going to be nice to see him in the home run derby uh, on Monday night. But, uh, yeah, you're starting – your number one starting pitcher right now is Matt Harvey. I'd be asking Orioles fans, you know, are you tired of watching Matt Harvey get shelled? They'd probably be saying, yeah. Are you, I say, are, are they tired of watching uh, Dean Kremer get shelled? They'd probably They're say, shaking. Shaking, yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, I really hope that the Orioles rebuild turns out to something because these fans have waited too long to have a good baseball team and they're going to have to wait longer, but it, at least a couple more years. It's tough. Very tough uh, for Baltimore, but uh, yeah, I believe that is where this show will come to a close. LJ, actually I have one thing I wanted to say. I found a baseball podcast that is seven days a week, actually, uh, goes throughout the entire season. The guy also does the same thing with college basketball, believe it or not. He bets on every single MLB game throughout the year. He places a bet uh, on every single game, does the exact same thing with college basketball, which has 351 teams, remember, and he is doing an episode for both podcasts every single day, including the off season for, for both, which is just incredible dedication. Uh, it's his name is, hold on. Let me pull it back up here. Baseball betting podcast. Hold on. I need to find his name prior to us leaving. But, well, thank you for giving oh, people Greg an alternative, Peterson. Brandon. Um, oh yeah no if if you would like an alternative no he he does game recaps kind of he just more talks about the 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 betting angle of the game so if you're into that kind of stuff check out greg peterson uh yeah he does the baseball betting podcast uh that's literally what it's called he lives in las vegas and his show comes out about the same time that ours does at four in the morning so uh, actually yeah feel free to uh check him out but yeah thank you for listening to our show be sure to follow us on all, all of our social medias instagram twitter tiktok all at mlb daily pod play the trivia game on our twitter and uh yeah we will be back tomorrow have a good one everyone see you manana Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 